Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring around the star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Hi! Hello, how are you? Good. What do I say? Good what? Good Good. day. Good Good day, folks. Good day, folks. And welcome to Kill Me Now. Uh, All right, Alan, you know, I always start with a kill me now moment because I'm always aggravated about something. Yeah. So apparently there's some voice coming in from another or feedback or something. I I have no idea. You told me to listen to Howard and Robin. So I'm trying to. Yeah, I said I said to Lauren, listen to Howard and Robin because Robin doesn't talk the whole fucking time (laughs) while Howard is, you know, knows the person. Anyway, today we're here with Alan Zweibel. Hello. And I love, all right, first of all, I've loved you forever because I, you know, I was, this is what I'm talking about. I'm just adding to what you're saying. Um, It's not meant to be listened to. Yeah. Sort of augmented. I concur. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. You're gonna No, no, I'm not gonna indulge this. All right, at all. okay, That's the last thank time you. I'll ever speak to okay, you. Okay, thank you. I see her on the street after Okay, that's fine. It. 
Perfect. Now, oh, you have to call her him. See, it's so hard. I'm pretty. You have to call her him. Yeah, because uh, I have we this have physical condition where I was born a boy with titties he, he's and a, a boy. Pussy. No, don't. I've asked you not to describe it like that. That's the easiest way to describe. No, it, it. isn't. You don't have to say pussy to Alan's Y Bell. He's a. He, you know what a pussy no, is. Yeah. Right. I'm Look a at him. Older than you. He, so I he, don't. I've seen I've his sketches. Yeah. Before. Okay. Okay. Is there a better way that you can say? So yeah, Lauren was a born a female, but is a male, but won't doesn't want to transition physically because he wants to continue getting his girl parts, and uh, he doesn't want to chop his body up. All right. Anyway, but it's not about him. It's about us. Right. Alan. Okay, so <laughs> this is going great so far. I know, this, isn't this, it? This, this, so really. I, I just have to say that yesterday I was traveling from Canada. I was in Toronto, right, to Newark because there's this new Porter airline where you can go right into. I've taken Porter. I yes. like Porter. Yeah, Porter's nice, right? So I go to the you know when you come home and you have to stand on the friggin' line with the form you're supposed to fill out. Well, I didn't, they didn't give me the fucking form on the plane. Oh, this would be um, customs. Customs, right. So I I stand and stand and stand. I finally get up. uh, uh, He said, do you have that form? Form. And I had grabbed one on the way there. And I said, oh, right. And I pulled it out. And he's like, you can't fill it out here. And then I look at it and it's fucking French. (laughs) So I had to run all, and he's like, you have to go back and stand online. I'm like, fuck you. Like, So anyway, I went back. I got an English one. I had to stand online again. Again? Yeah, again. So how much time did this consume? Oh, I can't even. I got an hour and 45 minutes sleep. All I wanted to do was go the fucking home and go to bed. I hadn't been home for like 13 days. Oh, and then... I uh, I finally get through. I can't find my second bag. It's the last bag to fucking come out. Then I go again. I don't realize they ha- they have to take that thing, that card the again. The card you filled out. Yeah. You, you, it's not, you, fill it, you don't fill it out and take it home with you. Well, I, f- you I don't know. I forgot you had to go through again. Yeah. And I'm like, like I, I put my head down on the luggage cart. Like, I can't fucking take it anymore. And they're like, are you okay, ma'am? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just fucking miserable. So I went through. But I was cursing a lot, and they didn't put, put me in a room. Usually they would put you in a room right. for a lot less. <laughs> right. I was like, fuck, <laughs> I can't. Would... But it was a really, it was like, why the fuck, what the fuck is wrong with you, you fucking idiot? You, you know, it was my usual inner no, no, dialogue. No, no. I understand out. that yeah. this is just polite conversation right. for you. But usually <laughs> those people are very, very um, I know. temperamental. I and, know. Um, sometimes they'll... Build a whole. Oh, I know. Right just, there to I put know. you in. Yeah. I know, and I didn't do it. So that was my kill me now moment. But I am so excited that you're here. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. Now, Alan, um, I know you have a new book out. That yes, I is do. fantastic. I mean, okay, the greatest thing about it's called Benjamin Franklin. Huge pain in my. Huge pain in my blank. Blank. But we can fill in the blank. Yeah, it could be anything. It could it, be, it could pussy. Be neck. Yeah, I knew you were going to say it. I've asked you to stop. With the pussy talk. You're a lesbian. Oh, Alan, is this... I try to be classy. You know something? She's trying to raise the level of sophistication over here. And with all due respect, um, you're bringing it down to a very um, workable level, by the way. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thank Alan. You. Thank you, Alan. Indulging. I, I, I was throwing her a bone. I was throwing her a bone. All right. Him! Him. Hey, I, I wish know. they threw me a bone, you know what I mean? Oh, God, I can't. We're not. He's not here. So, um, <laughs> okay, so you write this book, and it's in the voice of, of an adolescent boy. 
Well, there's two, there's two right. characters. There's a 13 year old boy who's uh, writing letters uh, to uh, Benjamin Franklin. Right. So there's the two voices. Right. And um, I wrote this with a guy named Adam Mansback, who right. a couple of years ago wrote a book, that a children's book that sold a gazillion copies called uh, Go to Fuck to Sleep. Right. That book, I did a reading of that at the J- Jewish Community Center. What they is, asked me to come doing? and do a reading of Go to Fu- Go the Fuck to Sleep. When I saw that book, I was like, "Why the fuck didn't I think of yeah, that?" Yeah, no, it's mm. it, it, I know. And that book sold uh, uh, God knows how many right. copies because they were given by parents of young kids, right, to, to other, other parents, parents of, of young, young kids. kids. Brilliant. And um, what had happened was about two years ago, I was given the keynote speech at the I guess it was the Tucson Book Festival. Right, there was about twelve, fifteen hundred people in the audience, and right. each table was an author. And I was looking at the roster of authors in attendance, and I saw Adam Mansbach's name. Coincidentally, one of my daughters sent me the link the, to the audio version of Go to Fuck to Sleep right. like a day or so before. Right. Samuel L. Jackson reading Go That's to hilarious. Fuck to Sleep. So to hear a very right. tired, worn down right. Samuel threatening, you know, go to fuck to, you know, yeah. it, it, it was really funny. So I sought him out. Uh, we 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 went out for a drink and we decided we were going to write something together. He lives in uh, uh, in Berkeley. I live in New Jersey. So how are we going to write together? And I had written a novel previous to, to that with uh, the, Dave Dave Barry. I love that novel. Lunatics is fun. Yeah. yeah. So I said, well, listen, why don't we? Since it's uh, with three thousand miles apart, let's make it. Here's a, here's a big word coming up. Right. Epistolary. Epistol. <laughs> I can't pronounce it. Epistolary. Which means a pistol cor- letter, yeah, right? Which is um, correspondence, right? So we came up with this idea. There's a kid named Franklin mm-hmm. whose parents named him after Benjamin Franklin, right. this iconic American, with hopes that maybe it would wear off on him. Right? It, it didn't. He's 13 years old, just entered junior high, doesn't have a lot of friends. He's got an unrequited. I love him. He's got an unrequited crush on right. a girl. I'm not doing well in school. So I'm going to say you wrote that voice. Well, this is the interesting part. Uh, No, because my co-writer is younger than me. No. So he's closer in age to this kid. Where I'm older, so I'm closer in age to Benjamin Benjamin Franklin. Franklin. So what the kid does is, um, oh, the teacher, the history teacher asks the kids to write a letter to a historical character. He writes one to Benjamin Franklin to tell him how shitty the name right. is working out for him. <laughs> he has a fight with his stepfather and to get I back at him. I hate the him, stepfather. The stepfather's awful, Dirk the Asshole. Jerk. And he steals a stamp from right. the, from the uh, stepfather's collection, mails the letter, cut to 1776. Benjamin Franklin comes waddling out of his house. There's right. a letter from this kid from 2015. And they, they, a, a, they fa- a grandfather-grandson relationship uh, strikes up because, as it happens, Benjamin Franklin is having the same social problems with the right. other founding fathers right, right, that right. this kid is having with his peers. Mm. So this is mostly um, epistolary. It is mostly letters between the right. two Right, and it's so great because... There's so many issues. I mean, I enjoyed reading it, but it's Grown like... Grown-ups, adults yeah, are having fun reading it's it. It's yeah. so great, and I, now I want my son to read it, but it's so great because you can sort of explain politics and, and relationships to these kids... Absolutely. ...who are watching these fucking assholes on Fox News. Oh, and then there's another debate, I think, tomorrow yeah, night. Tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow well, night. It's not a debate. It's not a debate, Alan. Well, you're absolutely right. It's not a debate. It's You know what it is? It's a sideshow. Right. It's the bearded lady. It's the sword swallower. Right. It's, it's a freak show. You go, 
Wow, people are like that. And, and they pay, God and made yeah, this? and they're gonna, they're. Ugh, I can't even. God's do you wish? Do you wish you were writing for SNL now? You I know what? Would... You want to know something? Uh, when you see this, um, do I wish? I wasn't one of the more political writers. Yeah, was. Franken did a lot of that. Tom right. Davis did that. Jim Downey does it now, and did it back then also. Um, I I appreciate it. I I I miss the activity of of, right. of SNL. But as far as the parody of this is concerned, you know what they're doing such a great job doing yeah. is it's hard to make fun of something that's already so funny, right? You know, right? And but they're doing a great job. When my friend Larry David did Bernie Sanders, I've a never heard of, weeks of him. Ago, He's um. What he, does he do? He's a he, he. He created a show called Seinfeld. Do you ever see that? Seinfeld. Sounds is familiar. that about signs? No, it's about felt. It's um. Oh, y- felt y- the y- yeah. Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, the, the it's a Seventh Avenue. Fashion right. Avenue it's about thing. the garment district. Yeah. yeah. So he he played uh, Bernie Sanders and he was hilarious. You mm-hmm. know. So uh, it's fun to watch. Uh, he was really funny, and uh, I mean, if he well, Bernie's not going to win. Do you think I won? I don't. I you know something. I don't think so. But God I kind of love it. All right. Can I just say something? He's and then Jewish, right? Yeah, Bernie. Mm-hmm. Hello. Well, you know something. There's a lot of people named Sanders who aren't the yeah, Bernie whatever. part. You don't stop there. You got to go to the whole. That's true. Sanders part. All right. And God knows what his middle name is. It's what's the Colonel yeah. uh, Jewish? What the Colonel? Colonel Sanders? Yeah. No, not Jewish. They right. Who makes chicken like that? They make fucking fried shitty chicken, <coughs> the Jews? No. Used to be good. Shut up. So, um, I meant check it. I'm sorry. So, uh, you know, you what, when I, I forgot what I was going to say. <coughs> Bernie Sanders, Jew. Then I was thinking You, you were something. talking about, does he wish that he were writing? Right, was, I know. That's it's. Forget it. Just forget it. So now, Alan. So I forget. I forget we even met. How are What's you? What's your name? Alan. And you? Uh, Judith. Alan, pass that joint. Thanks. So, Alan, here's the things. Can I just do, can I, like, just indulge you? Do, do, okay, do, do these are the things that I find fascinating about you. Okay. First of all, you worked on SNL. Dur- oh, this is what I was going to tell you. And th- then <coughs> I'm going back. So, Bernie Sanders, like, I love when he's like, because he's fearless. And he's like, why are the dub the people doing the thing with the die? Right? And it's fun. And I love it. And I relate to that voice. Why are you get, get out of the bathroom? I have to, you know. And then you have, I mean, Donald Trump is the thing that everyone hates about America all in one package. And yet, when he said, you know what? 9-11 happened on Bush's watch. I was like, finally. Someone fucking is saying the shit that, uh, you know, so some of the stuff he says, I'm like, well, uh, it, good. It's, it's landing and it's uh, there's a big country out there yeah. that's uh, obviously embracing yeah. him. It's unfortunate. Yeah, all right. No, anyway. It's unfortunate. For but I, that was the one us, thing yeah. I was like, oh, all yeah. right. I actually. All right. But OK. So you worked on SNL and the, you're one of the first writers. Well, what? I was with the original group. I was there from 75 to 80. Right. Yeah. Ugh. I was um, 12 years old when it came on and it was I mean that that's all I talked about and I mean you created Roseanne Rosanna Dana with Gilda I mean that was I have to say I wrote a piece for CNN about when Joan Rivers died uh, about how she sort of gave girls like me this permission 
to dream that we could be stars. Right. And I remember, and I was thinking, <clears throat> you know, Gilda Radner, through my whole entire high school experience, was we a funny Jewish girl. Like, she was the funny, funny, fearless, hilarious Jewish girl. And, and she sort of had the same kind of impact on me. I mean, all we did was imitate her all the time. Right. And... It, I mean, some of the things you wrote, uh, you created the samurai. Well, actually, John Belushi auditioned for the mm-hmm. show. It was his character. Right. And another writer named Tom Schiller wrote the very, very first samurai. It was a samurai hotel. And prior to my getting the job on SNL before the show started, I was writing for stand-up comedians. And uh, I was working in a delicate Deli? in right. Queens. You name it, I sliced it for about two years. Right. And uh, after Samurai Hotel, uh, Lorne had said to me, you worked in a deli, right? And I went, yeah. He says, write Samurai Delicatessen. Oh, that's I hilarious. I said, you bet. And I had no idea what that meant, but right. I did. And then I wrote all the other ones afterwards. You know, first of all, the fact... All right, so you, you come from this... Jewish family in Long Island. Yeah, you, 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 someone told you that we're Jews. Are you uh, just, I was just able to pick I up mean, on? I something? don't know. I saw your penis in the. Oh, in the uh, cup. Yeah, 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 in the cup. He's yeah. a black yeah. Jew. So, and then you're supposed to go to law school. Well, you know something. Look, I always wanted to do this. Okay, I always wanted to do what I'm doing, but. Um, you know, you always want to go, gee, I don't know how to become a comedy right. writer. How do you do that? So I thought maybe, okay, let me, so there's always something to fall back on. Like, right. Remember in the old days they told a woman, you, you yeah, become yeah. a school teacher. Teacher, yeah, teacher, right. yeah, yeah. So this would be the teacher thing, but the law school said, no, no, no. I know, no, I no, love no, the story. No, 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 About no, how no. you went, you took it, you I took, took the well, test. Well, I took, yeah, I took the, um, the LS, law boys. Yeah. And um, they graded it, I don't know how they do it these days, maybe it's still the same, from 200 to 800. Right. And I got a 390. Right. And then you took Kaplan. I then took you- Stanley Kaplan's course, and my score catapulted up to a 401. I know. So- it's ho- That is the fun. <laughs> you know, so I can't take tests either, and it, but I'm smart. Like, yeah. you're brilliant. Well, you know something? There are certain people who just can't take standardized right. tests. I can't. You know? I can't think standardized. You no, know, that's that's exactly right. That's why it's a really weird indicator as to who right. gets into places, who doesn't. I know. Go, Wait a second. There should be other right. criteria. Conspiracy. Yeah, it is a conspiracy. Yeah. Well, Sammy's. I got that same Sammy's, thing. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I worked there for All a right. Moment. Sammy's delicatessen. All right. So was there humor growing up in the house? Well, yeah. There was humor because um, I, I think that you know, it's a way of, it's the way you deal with life. Right. You know oh, of I mean? course. Not yeah, taking yeah. things seriously. Right. So it's not like it was so ha-ha funny, but the attitude was, all right, we hit a wall here. There's a problem here. Okay, what are we going to do? Make and a joke. Make a joke right. and, and move on. Did Were you popular in, in school? Yeah, I was a jock. You I, were? Yeah, I was a jock and I was funny. What the fuck? That's yeah. like my son. Oh, nice. My son's a jock and funny. It's, and he's so popular. Well, so that was a see, that was usually that was, you're not. If you're a comedy writer, you're a miserable fuck. No, I wasn't a miserable fuck. I was a happy fuck. I made people laugh, and right. I could throw the discus and um, you know catch a football. So, wow! Yeah. Nice. Did yeah. you play college? At Buffalo? Um, I played a little. I, I, I threw the discus in college. Really? Yeah. Did you get a scholarship? No. Did not get a scholarship. Because, you know, your parents would have been like, I it don't It would have been easier. It would have made it. everything easier. <laughs> Who knew Alan was an athlete? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could throw with the, the, the last thing he threw was this plate of food. Ah! All right. So, um, okay. So, you start writing, you start making money writing jokes for 
comics. Seven dollars a bit. Seven dollars a joke for Catskill comedians. Um, like like Freddie Roman. Freddie Roman, Morty Gunty, Dick Capri, Dick oh my Lord, God. Billy Baxter. Do they Vic still Rano. use some of the jokes? Oh God, yes. I know because they. I know it's unbelievable. It, it's, it, you know. There's that show Catskills on Broadway yes, yes. Oh my that God. my wife Robin and I went to, and you wrote it a few years ago. And I'm sitting there and I'm mouthing the punchlines to right. her, and she goes, "How do you know these jokes?" I said, "Well, it's the 40th anniversary of me writing those right. jokes." And um, you know, it's just like in the old vaudeville days right. when they used to have one act and go from you know vaudeville house to right. one house to another, and they can do the same act their whole career. And a lot of these guys did that. You know, they played at different hotels. Right, because uh, there was no, you didn't do it on television. No one was taping it. You didn't have HBO uh, specials. Absolutely. So Life that, was so much easier. It was a lot easier. Th- those hotels were great. Uh, when I was growing up on Long Island, when we would go away for a weekend, let's say you'd go to the mountains. You'd go right. to the, the Neville or the Concord. The Neville <laughs> at the Neville. Oh, yeah, okay. We'll be here all week. You know how I went to Toronto? Yeah, to do 25 questions? Yeah. So For a Jewish mother? Yeah. 25 questions for a Jewish mother. Which was not the original title, but... What was? God doesn't pay rent here. It was one of the things one of the women said. But all the producers were like, no, no, no one will know what it's about. And, and uh, so it has to be 25... Qu- they wanted the word Jew in it, because they wanted all the Jews to come to the theater. So I'm doing that show. I haven't done it in a while. And so Damon is my stage manager. So he comes and sets up the lights and everything. He usually stays the whole time, but he couldn't. So he was there for like three days. And so you know what he says to me? No, what? He's like, oh, my God. I love Mac Weldon. You're shitting me. I swear to God. Are you shitting He goes, I used your discount. Kill me. And my balls, he went on and on. You have no idea how comfortable they are. My balls are like... I told you about the balls, huh? Anyway, so uh, it's like his favorite thing in the whole world. And he's like, I go on there, I'm getting stuff for Christmas. His boyfriend loves them. Christmas is coming up. So he said that, um, you know, he loves it. And the t-shirts are great. He's like, he will not wear another pair of underpants. Wow, go us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's our what's our code again? Mac Weldon. Uh-huh. What do you say to me every day? Kill me now. Yeah, so just part of that. Oh, so if you go to Mac Weldon and you put k- discount code kill me, then they know that. Exactly. And you get 20, 20% off. 20% off. They're, it's such good quality. It is really good quality. I know. And Henry and Ben fight over the shirts. <laughs> Should I start wearing men's underwear? You definitely want to start wearing these men's underwear. You might have like a mini little pocket in the front, but that's okay. What do you pocket for? Well, I know what they use the pocket for. Right. And they're men's underwear, but they're so snug and, and nice. They just kind of like hug all around. You yeah, can definitely. You know, it's nice to air out that area. Definitely. Yeah. And they're nice and airy and breezy, supportive. I, I know, but can you believe that like out of nowhere he starts telling me this shit? That's pretty incredible. Wow. That's pretty. I, I wear men's and women's underwear, and this Together? is together. Uh, sometimes, when I'm feeling. Oh God, I have to go throw up. <laughs> All right, go to Mac Weldon and use Kill Me. Judygold.com/slash/mac. So, yeah, now they eat your material. Like you do a set on 
anything. Oh God, yeah. No, it's it's totally different. Right. It's a race to the TV. Right. And whether they it's don't the, realize how easy they have. Yeah. Okay. So then you uh, meet Lauren. I met Lauren at the deli. No, no, oh. I met Lauren at uh, at Catch a Rising Star. Oh, can we talk about? I mean, that's where I started. Well, that's and you were there in the seventies. Well, what happened was I took all the jokes that those old guys in the Catskills wouldn't buy from me, right? And I made it into a stand-up act for myself, right? Got on stage and told them with the hope that it, that a manager or an agent or somebody who like the Jack Rollinses of the world, right? And, and those guys, Buddy Mara would um, maybe want to represent me. And, and, one, he, and it, one night, Lorne came in and he was looking for actors and writers for this new show called uh, Saturday Night Live that was going to premiere in the fall. And he liked my material. He asked to see I heard more. he said, you're, <laughs> you're a bad stand-up, like stand but you're, stand I love up. your yeah. material. Yeah, it was nice. some version yeah. of that. It was like, um, he couldn't believe how bad I was. Right. And I didn't want to be a comedian. I wanted to, I was just advertising the material. So I stayed up for a couple of nights, and so I typed worked. up what I thought were like 1,100 of right. my best jokes. I mean, 1,100 jokes. Well, they were jokes that I had written for these old I Catskill know, but guys. that's a lot of jokes. Yeah, yeah. In such a, and you were how old? 20, 25, 24. 24. 1,100, oh, Yeah, well, right. No, well, they were jokes that I accumulated. What right. I used to do was, um, as as an exercise, I would pick any given week, right, and I'd Go, okay, um, this week the subject is buying a car. Right. On Monday, I'd write a monologue the way Jack Benny would about right. buying a car. On Tuesday, Phyllis Dilla. On Wednesday, Joan Rivers. On Thursday, David Steinberg. On Friday, George Carlin. So Jesus. by the end of the week, I would have five monologues about the same thing in different voices. So I've accumulated. I just wanted to train that my ear. That is un. But do it you know how genius that is? It was an exercise I made up, you know, uh, and because I wanted to write scripts someday and I didn't want everybody to sound alike. Right. And so I accumulated a lot of jokes and so I typed them up and I showed them to Lauren. Type. Does everyone know what a typewriter well, is who's was, listening? Yeah, and this was the kind with the keys that went, that went yeah, down yeah, and, yeah. and they would interlock. Remember they would, yeah, they'd get, get stuck the, and get, stuck and get, and get all shit. the ink on the, from the yeah. ribbon on your hand. Trust me, oh, it was a whole to do. Know. Yeah. It was a whole to do. And uh, I gave him the book of 1,100 jokes, and um, he hired me. I don't think he's ever received that many jokes from anyone. Oh, God knows. There's so many writers that have come through. There's so many great writers. I have no idea. Okay, Alan, you're like a fucking legend. That's true. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so here you are, and you're really close with Gilda. Uh-huh. And yet it's completely platonic, but you're kind of in love with each other. Well, yeah. I mean, we both had had such horrible histories with the right. opposite sex that we knew that if it ever was anything more than um, a friendship, that that would probably just crash and burn. Right. And we had a good thing going on creatively. So it, it bore certain frustrations. No but tongue kiss ever? No. Wow. No. For, for all I know, she didn't have a tongue. I, that's, how, <laughs> that's how platonic it was. But it's it so was. amazing because it's so hard for straight men and straight women to really be... Well, in, in my book and my play, uh, Bunny Bunny, men. which is about the two of us, yeah. um, those uh, frustrations are... Um, yeah, apparent. <coughs> yes. okay. Sort of a love story. Right? Yes, it's a, yes. It, that's, that's, that's the, the subtitle, sort of, so, a sort of love story. Okay, yeah. so you're it's there, great. it's the 70s. Yeah. Everyone's doing drugs. Like, did you know it was bad? Like, did you know it was bad for John and, it, you know, that it was too much? Like all these people. You know something? It was the 70s, and it was a different era. And, you know, I I don't know 
of anybody doing drugs because I was so stoned myself I couldn't see. I right. couldn't see if anybody else was doing anything. And it was um, there was a certain amount of uh, invincibility that right. you felt you had. Also, you know, it was pre-AIDS. Right. You know what I mean? It was just a different world. Yeah. And it was, um, and it was um, an extension of college. It was, right. It just kept going. Right. You know what I mean? That, that kind of life. You know, it just now, kept going. Now, I remember, go, I went to catch, I guess, in 1980, it's got to be 82 or 83 for the first time, because I did a show at Rutgers with... Um, I had done stand-up as a dare, and then they put me on a show with Adrian, Bill, Adrian Tulsh, Bill Sheft, and Larry Ambrose. And then Adrian was doing the Monday night, you know, <clears throat> hang out and try to get on thing and told me to come in. But And I did. I'd go in every Monday and try to get on. I mean, I'd get on at three, but I didn't fucking care, you know. Wow. Um, and I remember Lloyd, the bass player. Like, if the bands laughed at me, I was so happy. Because they, 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 it landed, yeah. Yeah. So, and there are before people in the audience, but I didn't really give a shit because all I wanted to do was be a comic. But And they hear every joke. What? So that is I impressive. know, right. Yeah. So... I look at, I mean, you were at Catch. You know, it's like, it's so hard to tell people that there were no cell phones. I mean, I was a backup. I used to sit at the bar hoping someone didn't come in on the weekend. Uh-huh. Um, but it was like Belzer was the MC. I mean, that's when, when you were the MC, that was a, a huge thing. That was thing. a huge thing. I mean, mm. I was there earlier than you. By, by 82, I right. was already... I had already left SNL. Right. So I was there, let's say, 74. Right. Only for about a year. Right. Because once I got the job, my means to an end worked. Right. I would only come back to, to watch my friend Larry David, yeah. who was still there. Oh, my God. I loved um, watching him. You know, but, uh, yeah, it was um, it was fun. And when you look back at it, Billy Crystal was starting yeah. and Larry was starting and uh, Elaine Boozler was, uh, was oh, big yeah. in those days back there. Chevy. No, no, no Chevy. Chevy. No, no, no. Chevy. He, so, he didn't start around that? Oh. No. Never okay, mind. so why don't you... That's not funny. And why don't Come you... Come on. No, never Still mind. How long have you been waiting to say never mind? Uh, just, I knew I'd have a chance some point. Okay, so... It didn't matter if it was the right point. Yeah, it just mattered it that just, she... Just he had to say never mind. I feel like that was the right time. Okay, so... Um, we'll talk later. So... <laughs> You, I mean, I read that you met your wife, Robin. Robin. And. She worked on the show. She right, was a production, production assistant. assistant. Don't think I don't do my homework. And it was Gilda, while you were stoned all the time, saying, don't fuck this up. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I write about that in Bunny Bunny. Yeah. yeah it was, um, look, I was, we were dating secretly. And, uh, because of work, because it was yeah, a work yeah thing. because uh, you know he didn't want it to be he wanted to give it some dignity. I didn't want right. it to be part of. Did you ever do it in the SNL offices? We did it under the stage. No, you didn't. No, we didn't. I just made oh, that up now. God, but I it would have been great. That. I, oh, I, I should have said yes. I should have just lied. Yeah. But we told Gil that she was the only one who knew. Mm-hmm. And then we were outed. How were we outed? You asked. One of Robin's jobs as a PA was to hire extras for, mm-hmm. um, you know, for scenes. And there was one scene, uh, Kirk Douglas was hosting the show, and it was a bar mitzvah sketch where he played the bar mitzvah boy's grandfather, and he was on the dais with, right. uh, you know, with Bill Was Murray. he admitting he was Jewish at this point? Um, you know, he wore a yarmulke. That's his, All right, okay, that's okay. good. Okay. And um, the dais with the bar mitzvah boy and, you know, Gilder and... Lorraine and yeah. you know, the cast, 
And but Robin had to hire extras to fill out the other tables at the bar mitzvah reception. Right. And our parents had not met yet. Okay. And she thought it would be a good idea to invite Your our moms there. Okay. <laughs> so my mother and her mother came and they sat and you know they were extras. And all was well until my mother got it into her head that Robin's mother had a better table oh at the bar mitzvah sketch. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Okay. Yeah. So all of a sudden a cat fight ensues. Oh my god. And this is a blocking day, there's cameras. So right. it's like beamed to our boys overseas right. and stuff. So yeah. So that's what Wait, so who what your mother did she complain right there? Or did she say, oh, Alan, right can you You'll, come here? Well I don't understand why Robin's mother yeah. is sitting uh, so much close. I can, first of all I can't hear. There's a draft. <laughs> you must have been there that yeah. day because you're very close to being verbatim here. Wait, were you did you want to fucking wring her neck? I, I was just so stunned. Right. I was yeah, the, the thought was, What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this right. hair? Did she know about you guys dating? They, she knew I was dating Robin, and Robin's mother was dating. No, it was just totally. Um, uh, look, she was. Look, she didn't have the seat that she would have liked. <laughs> okay. Oh my God! What a J E W! Wow! And, and took very few prisoners. So, oh my God! We, Did we, they end up liking each other? Uh, uh, so that was the beginning of that the, was the beginning of this lovely uh, because her son was being taken away by another person, right? <laughs> right. Alan, what was Robin's mother's name? Pearl. Why is Pearl? <laughs> what the hell is going? And, and they were all still alive. So. Oh uh, God! Now let me ask you a question. Did you act like a four-year-old when you found out? Did you want to scream? Did you scream at your mother in front of everyone like a? No, I try to you know I try to quell this right. this, this thing, but um, it basically so there was some sense of decorum and which continued like now. Have you discussed this with her? Like my, you know, you fucking no screwed up. No, no because okay. you know selective memory do? is a beautiful yeah. thing. Uh-huh. I am fascinated. I mean, first of all, you've won Emmys, Writers Guild Awards, Thurber Prize for well, Thurber Prize. Humor. I'm very proud of that. Was for my novel, I love that. The Other Mo- Shulman. That and I I ran the marathon. Did you ever run the marathon? I ran three. That's how I was able to yeah. write that book. I oh, ran no. New York City Marathon twice and Chicago once. How was the Chicago? It was flat. Flat. They set world records at the Chicago yeah, Marathon because, because of, the, of its flatness. Right. And it's right by the lake. It's very pretty. It's very, very pretty. But the New York, I did it in the pouring rain. What year? 1997. Well, you did it before I did. I did it in 2001. I did it mm. six weeks after. Oh, World yeah, Trade I remember Santa. that. And it was an amazing experience because I flew in from L.A. and nobody was flying right. still. Because this was like five, six yeah. weeks after 9-11. And I, um, so Robin and the kids stayed in L.A. We were living in L.A. at the time. I flew in and uh, you line up, obviously, in Staten Island. And as I'm going over the uh, Verrazano Bridge, if you look to your left, there was still smoke from, yeah, where, the, oh, yeah. from where the towers yes. were. Yes, and the smell. Did and you the, smell and it? The smell. And I had um, music that I had CDs and stuff that I was listening to. You're not supposed to listen to the well, music. Well, but here's I, A, I, you're absolutely right. But what happened was, which I guess would be B, uh, when I got to the when I got to the other side of the bridge, Brooklyn, there were so many people, and it was such a fuck you Bin Laden kind right. of thing. I wanted that to be my music. So right. I took my CD player and my CDs, and I looked for a fireman. 
And you gave it to and him? I, gave, I said, give this to your kid. I said, um, and I just let this, the music come from the Because that's crowd. what you're supposed to, it, like, you're supposed to let the people cheering. And it was cheering. great. I know. It I, was great. My, I had a running coach who would not let me listen to music. I yeah. am surprised that they let you listen to music during it. You're usually not No, no, you to. sneak it. And, yeah. and, and I did that because yeah, I was training it, that way and all that I didn't realize. And that, you know, that, at that time, CD players were tiny. Okay, so uh, well, yeah, they have I, the non-skip I, And also, yeah, I had the furniture that they were on, so I had these big speakers. It was, it was a big load I was carrying. Oh, Judy still has all that. You know, I have <laughs> these speakers that are, nor- you know, they're normal size in my in my apartment. And this one's like, no. And they're great speakers. And it's like, I'm not fucking throwing out my speakers. I'm talking about your CD collection. Your oh, wall I have, of CDs. I have hundreds and hundreds. And I got vinyl albums. Yeah, I have That's I have different. mine in my uh, storage unit. I think I'm going to put a shelf up and put them in my apartment. They're beautiful. Aren't they? They're, they're art. They are art. I, I do agree. Okay, we don't care. So, um, okay, here's my other fascinations with you. Um... You have been married for... Um, for those of you who, you who bet the under, okay, next month will be 36 years. 36. Mazel tov and zimen tov and zimen tov and mazel tov and... 36 years. You have three Happy successful, well-adjusted children, and you have grandchildren. Four grandchildren. I mean, what the fuck? You're, like, perfect. Well, and you're happy. Like, what the fuck? I'm attracted. <laughs> it's not happening. All right. Go. Um, yeah, I've been lucky. I've been really lucky. Why, do you consider it luck or do you consider it you worked uh, at it, good value? It was I Pearl, a, I mean, what's your mother's name? I'm Shirley. Was Shirley a good mother after all? She was a good mother and Julie was a good father. And um, and, and Robin was the one that uh, I, I, I could have. I had probably the potential for spinning... Uh, out of control, right? You know, as a matter of fact, um, and I, I, I write about it. Um, that, like you said earlier, uh, Robin. At one point, when um, I was doing a little bit too many drugs, mm-hmm. she, she gave me an ultimatum. You know, mm. horror the drugs. Mm. You know, I had co-created in the late '80s a show called "It's Gary Shanley right. Show" with yes, Gary I Shanley, remember. yeah, and um, it lasted four years. And the first year I commuted from L.A. back to Jersey. We had just built a house. We had our second child. And then when the show was picked up for an order of 54, which made a three-year commitment. Right. And Robin just said, okay, let's move. I mean, I've had that kind of support, which has just been really, really... I, I've, uh, I haven't had those any kind of opposition. That right. Day, you know? So do you feel that she sort of... Well, she wanted to be a mother and a wife. She wanted to be a mother and a wife. That means nothing. That's Lauren always tells me what time it is because I never shut up. But I'm fascinated by you, so you're, we're not going anywhere. Anyway, so um, she what did she want to be a, the partner of? I mean, was she fine with that? Well, she was great with it, and that's my point. Don't forget, she worked on SNL, so right. she. I mean, she was an she educated... Wit- she yes. witnessed what it would be like, okay? What she didn't know, and she couldn't have known, was what she saw was me working with the group. Right. Okay. Once I left SNL and I started working more on my own, writing scripts and right. plays and books and, and, and whatever, that part, that took some adjusting. 
and and um, because I would be in the apartment, I'd be sitting in a chair, and um, she'd come in with groceries and go, mm-hmm. "Why aren't you helping me?" And I'd be still sitting in the chair. I'm going, "Can't you see I'm working?" Right. When it looked like I was napping, which in right. fact, I, maybe I was. So that took some adjusting to do. But I have to say that. Um, She's been the greatest thing in the world. It's amazing because I, you know, I'm in a relationship with uh, Elisa, who's a therapist. I, I was with uh, Sharon for <clears throat> 20 years. We have two kids, and um, but it's when you know Sharon and I both very very ambitious people, and her in business and and this sort of corporate, just complete opposite. I understand, and I. Um, like when you show when you say that visual of you sitting there like just staring into space and go, saying I'm working, I'm, working. Yeah, I'm at work yeah. I'm so that's so me and when sometimes when like when Elisa will say Judy did you and I don't even hear it yeah. I don't even hear it and then I'm like wait what what and then it's like fuck you just screwed up my thought Absolutely. yeah it, and it's so hard to tell people that yeah it's something that see it's something that we had to get used to ourselves. Right. You know, that you go all of a sudden you zone out. Right. And you're here, but you're not here. Right. And then God forbid you're with another human being. Right. Who's got a question or right. their own needs or just. You know, right. The, and you're like, no, like this thought, if I don't finish yeah. this thought. I got to finish And this, write no, it no, down. No, 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 that's yeah. exactly then right. it's gone. It's gone. That's it's, uh, why you guys are terrible test takers, but you're like geniuses. You're crazy. Right. We are geniuses, right, Alan? Well, there's a focus issue. There, there really is. Absolutely. It, I am on ADD. I'm incredibly ADD. It's, yeah. It's, um, it's just you just wander off and right. follow that and thought follow wherever that. it's going to take you. Because that's where it's, it's going to lead you somewhere you don't know. Right. But you've just left where everybody that's else is. That's what I is. try to tell her. Yeah. 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 And it's hard to tether yourself to that because, because the rope. You know, it, I have to, um, met, do you meditate? No, and I'd love to. I'll meditate with you. Uh, once, can you teach this? Yes, I am. I've been doing it for years, and I'm the last person who would. I mean, I, you, my mother, every day. You hyper. You're so goddamn hyper. Why are you moving your leg, Judith? Blah, blah, blah. And and I. Why are you moving your leg? Uh, constant with this. Yeah. I banged my head against the pillow till I was 13 and had to go to sleepaway camp. I mean, you can't even. And. This therapist of mine, old therapist, said, and I was like, yeah, right. And I started this mindfulness. And I have to tell you, because because you can get caught up in that thought, you know, you have the ability to do that. You can transfer that to this meditation thing, and it clears your head. It's fucking unbelievable. David Steinberg is, is a- I love David. He's a good pal of mine, and it's part of his daily yeah. regimen uh, to meditate. Yeah. And- um, I've asked him about it, and you know, it's something that I'd love to do. Um, I remember, you remember in Annie Hall when Jeff Goldblum was on the phone. He said, "I forgot my mantra." Right. You know. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'd love to do that. Oh yeah. my God! I have. I'm going to send you tapes and oh, shit. Good. I mean, t- I say tapes. I'm so old. Um, okay, so I'm always I'm fascinated by the whole successful family, and it's. You're amazing. Like, you have it all. Well, you know, and my friends, um, my friend Billy Crystal's got a family. You know, you're me. like one of those people who's like, you know, my friend uh, Barry Obama. Uh-huh. You know, and, all right, no, I don't ahead. know Barry Obama. What I'm saying is most I of the know. people I know are have been lucky to be very grounded that way. And I think that 
you know, it's, look, to each his own. They're right. very, very, very successful but do you people think who don't have those things. Right, you know? but do you think it's the spouse, like that the spouse is compatible with a psycho ADD? I do. Oh, yeah. I do. I think it's, I think it's nets, if you're going to have both ends right. somewhat successful and the ba- to keep the balance, balance of it, right. I think you need to be with somebody, wow, you know, who uh, not only understands and is able to, uh, adapt. It's a flexibility thing. It is thing. a flexibility thing, and I think that um, they have to, they probably give more than they receive. Absolutely. And they, and they and have the to other sort thing of be of okay no- with that, I think. Right. And yeah. also the not taking it personally. Like, it's not against you. It's that, it's that I really, honestly, I'm, my mind is elsewhere. I'm over here yeah. now. I got to still be here. Right. I'll come back eventually. And it's like, when it happens, I don't think people who don't have ADD get it, but like when you're finally at this totally focused place and someone, it's like a fucking earthquake. Yes, it's yes, like. Absolutely. Why not smack me in the face? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you're like, no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So. You should have a sign. Do your kids. That you yeah. put up. You can't. I can't focus enough to put a sign up when I'm in that space. But do, are your kids creative? They're creative in their own way. They're not doing what I do. My son is a very successful businessman. Our uh, two daughters are both very successful in their own businesses. Uh, but, you know, my middle daughter, Lindsay, is married and has a baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, our son, Adam, is married. He's got three kids. I saw the three kids. They're so, they kind of look like you. They're very light. Yeah, they, they are. Yeah. They, it's... Um, we're dominant in that yeah. that side there. This is why Belle Jean. Yeah. And um, they all live in New Jersey, as do we, so they're all nearby. So once again, to keep the balance of things, Oh, my you know, God. It's like we did you that hit on the purpose. fucking jackpot. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. And happy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, let me ask you a question because we ask everyone this. Are you on any antidepressants? Please. No. Uh, I should, what? Jesus. I should Fucking be. shit. I'm I never totally gonna hear thought you were going to be on antidepressants. No. There's only a few handful that no, are. No, no. I've been on like a, um, ADD uh, drugs that they gave me dexedrine for years. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I'm not. But Nothing? Th- that, look, I should be, and if I can get a prescription for Valium, I'd be thrilled. Okay? Right. Um, I, no, I, the fact that I'm not on it, that doesn't mean I don't need it. Right. I mean, I Do got you the same sleep? Angst. No. I go to sleep around midnight in my bed, and I wake up around four, and I got to turn the TV on, so right. I go into my study and lay down on the couch and turn the TV on and hopefully sleep for another couple of hours. But I wake up every f- day at 5.30 to right. start and writing. Right, and write. And write. I mean, yeah. that's so disciplined. That's yeah. so good. That's... I can't, and then you say by 11? By 11, I, look, if you can write from 5.30 to 11, right. you've had a great day. Right. Oh, but there yeah. are some days. How many days is that? By 7 in the morning, I go, it's not going to fucking happen. Today. So, but, but you, do you just sit? Th- do you know what you're going to write? Or do well, you, I mean, I when like, you have an assignment, it's easier. Right? Well, when you have a deadline, of right. course, it's easier. Um, what I like to do is work on two or three things at the same time. Because if I'm dry or hitting a ADD. wall in one, right. shift gears. It's just like going to the gym and right. you, do diff- it's, it's, you flex different muscles, right. you know? That's but, great. Um, well, once again, if you're working on a show or you have a, a play where there's right. a- actors and there's a time and you need the pages by such a, or the audience is coming in, well, then it's there's the imposition of mm-hmm. deadlines. 
Right. But if you don't have that and they say, okay, here's some money, give us the script in three months, our instinct is to go, you know, go out and then pull an all-nighter like right, we did right, in college. Right, 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 yeah. right. So somehow, some way, you got to keep churning it out and go, okay, i got to focus. It's Once again, it's the right. focus thing. Right, it's so, so weird. So try to do a little bit. I'm telling but it's you, you're going to be a good meditator. You're going to be a good meditator. It's, it's against oh, every yeah. instinct All right. that we have. I love the David Steinberg show that you Oh, produced. Inside Comedy. Yes. Thank you. Such a great show. That I'd love to yeah, be on. Yeah, I mean, that's I'd all David's doing. He's I'd love to be on that show. I'd love to be on that show. This is why you Oh, I'm sorry. Here's the show is on hiatus right now. Fuck! But, I mean, oh. The, but I love him. I, uh, but um, I will tell David. And that, I love Robin, his wife. Robin Steinberg, Robin yes. Frumkus. Todd Frumkus was the maiden name. Todd was first married name Steinberg. So there's a whole to do over I there. met with uh, David Frumkus. Steinberg. He wanted to direct uh, a thing I wrote. Really? Yes. And then, I don't know what Isn't happened. he the greatest, though? Oh, my God. The, and I just look at him, and I remember him when I was... I mean, The okay. albums we had, oh, and all the Oh, and the stuff. Tonight Show, and the... Uh, and Smothers, Smothers Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I... The other thing about you that I Uh-oh. love. You know, I have been around... I mean, since I'm... What is it? 1920, I have been doing stand-up. In clubs, I remember I couldn't, I couldn't order drinks. Uh, I go to these stupid cabarets in Pennsylvania. I mean, I literally, I did street fairs. I never you did street fairs. For oh, I, I can't even tell you. And I never stopped. I never. I mean, I did stop my junior senior year of college. I would only go out on the week because I, I really wanted to get my degree. I, you know, I'm a Jew, so you have to have a sure, bachelor's you have to, degree. You have to frame something. But yeah, and but seriously, I would go to happy <laughs> hours. It was the '80s. You know, I anywhere I went lunchrooms, college lunchrooms. I would go anywhere to do a set. I used to do these prom shows where I'd get up at two, three in the morning and go to stand-up New York for the 4 a.m. Wow. I mean, I would do anything to get stage time. I can't even tell you the shitholes I stayed in. And bu- and I always knew... What? Wrap it up? Too bad. I always knew you, and I always knew... And I've been around guy comics, you know, and I was never... I'm a lesbian, so I never was like, I want to fuck you. I was Ew. never one of those comics that... I really just wanted to be a comic. Oh, right. And I remember... I always knew... Of you, and that you're one of those male <coughs> comedy writers. I have never ever heard you or felt you say female comic, male comic. You know, ever. I, I there was something very interesting that when when I got the gig on SNL, it. It was so egalitarian when it came to what we were doing. I remember walking into those offices the first day and seeing Gilda and seeing Lorraine and obviously Belushi mm-hmm. and Aykroyd and, uh, and and Franken. I mean, they were really yeah, funny. Uh, and I was laughing. And nothing, no one made me laugh more than Gilda. Gilda right. just made me laugh. The fact that she was a woman didn't even factor into right. the work part of it, you know? And um, I I never considered those things. I just never... Obviously, some people make me laugh. Some people don't. Right. But but that's just a human being thing. Right. I never I never considered the uh, the boy girl part of it, you know, and, and, and that stuff. I know some people get hung up on oh that. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. I mean, when you're... When you're a 
female con- I mean look you can't deny it I just never was like I don't care I, I don't care I'm just going to be that but I always there was uh, that was the one thing I always knew about you and felt about you was that it was about that that humor had no demographic that's absolutely right that's absolutely and, and once again like I told you that little exercise I gave myself where I would write. And you think about the female voices you I, wrote I in, Joan piece. Rivers, Phyllis Diller. Right, and also, you know, um, you know, Richard Pryor, right. you know, people, you know, there was a comic back then, uh, Pat Morita. Oh, yeah, I Mr. remember, Mr. yes. Mr. Miyagi, yes. you know. So I would try to capture the voices. It didn't matter anything other than what oh, they God, sounded Shirley like. Oh, God, Shirley did a wonderful job. She really did. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what do you think of the state of comedy today. I, I mean, I, look, I have to say I have a little bitterness that people who do a, you know, three-minute YouTube video and then get a million followers, you know, I find it annoying that I had to travel around the country for years and years by myself writing jokes and trying to get on, you know, and now it's like, oh, here's four minutes of me, you know, putting on makeup. I'm you, a celebrity. You, you want to know something, though? I remember in the 80s, all right, there was the same argument when cable became a thing. Right. And when every cable channel, all of a sudden there was a brick wall. Right, yes. And there was a guy standing in Caroline's front of Caroline's okay. Comedy Hour, Improv. Four yeah. minutes, Even five minutes, improv. and the next VH thing you know, they were on The Tonight Show. Right. And the next thing you know, maybe they had a sitcom. And then the next thing you know, the sitcom got um, canceled, mm-hmm. and they were back in front of a, a brick right. wall, and they were damaged by that right. point. I do think that quality is quality, and I think that, um, yeah, there's like more expeditious ways of, of making it really big now, but... It's really the... It, it's what do you have... Uh, what, gotta what back it up. What happens next? What happens after that? And I think that... Um, so I think that... And that also happened before us. I'm sure that people who were really big in radio were saying this thing about oh, this yeah, new thing called TV, television. Yeah. You know? So Talk. I and think... And then even, you know, Maureen O'Hara just died, and it was really about black and white and color. And yeah. She looked so beautiful in color, and that helped her. No, that's yeah. not to deny if anybody comes along and, and there's something posted and it gets a million hits and, right. and, and all of that. Wow, that's great. They hit the jackpot and then they can go on right. and, and, and maybe have really wonderful substantial careers. But I think that um, whether or not you know, it's done that way or done where, you know, you were on the road a lot and you played in the Poconos and then right. you, know, you did three shows here and then it's, it's what do you have next? Right. You know, what else do you have in the tank? Right. You know? So I think it's all the same. It's about being prepared. I, I do when think you get so. that. Now, what pisses you off the most in life? People whose teeth are much smaller than their gums. <laughs> oh yeah! People they have little teeth, <laughs> right? And their gums are like really big. Right, right, right. And I go, what the heck? What's that? Right. What, what, what's that all about? Why? Have you ever asked someone with little teeth? I, I've I've said, what what's yeah. this like? And brushing your teeth must take right. a second. Uh, but right. But, but, but that might be the only advantage. <laughs> Because they always get the little right, and how the fuck them. do you chew? How do you chew? Yeah, you got little teeth, you got right. lots uh-huh. of gums. Looks and, like they can and, eat and an the apple. T- a couple of people I've asked, um, they weren't pleased. They weren't pleased with the question, so you know that there's some sort of turmoil that they right have. that they've gone yeah, through. Yeah, no, th- th- that makes me nuts. The minute I see that, I, I, I so reel back if in you um, if you wrote something and the perfect actor comes 
they're like, this is the perfect person for this part. You got to hire this person. You got to, and then they have those he, kind of yeah, teeth. Can you not work with that person? I would. What I would do is maybe I'd work with the person because it's about servicing right. what you've written. That being said, I would take out my my contact lenses and not have to look at their right. face. Right. Gotcha. Because um, who needs that? Um, There's enough stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's ISIS, for God's sake. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we don't need what? tiny teeth people looking at us in the face. Um, ISIS running around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I cannot thank you enough for being oh, here. Oh, thanks for having me. This has been great. Really? Re- are you kidding? I loved it. I'm thrilled that I'm here. Oh, thrilled my God. Thrilled to be talking to You're you. You're the best. See how happy. What the fuck? I want to be like that. It, no, this is. We're young. We have our health. What else? Well, no. not, maybe not that young, yeah. anyway. Yeah. And I have my knees hurt. Yeah, yeah, I got a little oh, bit of a... Thing, yeah, you do. A clicking thing. Um, <laughs> I would love... All right, I'm putting this out there, just even though I don't believe in any universe bullshit, but I... One of my bucket list things would be to work with you. Well, let's see if there's anything... In, let's let's put it in the... Uh, let's keep it on the zeitgeist. table. Zeitgeist! Zeitgeist! Okay, let's keep it on the table. Yeah. Let's figure it out. There's something... I would that. love that. Do let's, people always say that to you? I, I get that, but um, I'm yeah, but, pretty you discerning. Know. But, but let's keep let's keep it on the oh table. Oh my god, I love that! Did everyone hear that, Shirley, Pearl? I'll give you a good seat, both of you, front center. Um, I I mean, I could talk to you forever. Well, let's keep going. Oh, we can't because um, it's my fault. Why? Uh, it's actually CBS's fault. They want the studio. Fuck oh, them, bastards! Oh, I know. I say so, yeah. Oh, I mean, Alan, I love day. you. And I and I grew up in New Jersey. Where in Jersey did you I grew up in Clark. Don't tell anyone. Oh, I've seen signs for Clark. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Don't go. What happens when you get there? Yeah, it's that just a boring. There's <laughs> that. They had the back. Clark. There's Wait, this is the big thing. We all, we all hung out at Clark Lane's bowling alley. That was uh-huh. the big thing. And now, are you ready? It's a Whole Foods. <laughs> and that is the biggest thing in Clark. Wow. That's probably the most liberal thing in Clark. That's too, right? number one, <laughs> yes. And then there was a, a chemical plant that really? I remember with all these chemical shit. And now it's a golf course. Enjoy oh, that and like a, a recreation area. So I hope everyone enjoys their tumors. Mm-hmm. And uh, enjoys that's about it. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, Alan! Please come back. My book. It's lovely. I love the book. I love. I love all everything you do. You have to send it to me. What? Benjamin Franklin. Huge pain in my. Oh my God! It's so great. Pussy. It's really. That's it. I am not kidding. I'm turning into my mother. I can't with the pussy. I can't. (laughs) Alan, isn't it a little classless? It's a little bit. um, It's 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 It's, it's a callback. It's a, a callback. Call back to when you said pussy earlier. Yeah, and I got pissed off. Yeah, and the pissed off is and, also yeah. a callback. I mean, anyway, no, the name cyclical. of the show. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Full circle. All right, whatever. Uh, thank you, Alan's Why about Pick up Alan's book. It's so good. Benjamin Franklin, huge Benjamin pain in my. Benjamin Franklin, a huge pain in my, but we what? know what it is. <laughs> and thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. All right. Me. So long. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.